They're all gathered there now. Do you see them? The morning mist has cleared away. The scene is no longer shrouded in the darkness of the pre-dawn trial. The torches have long since been extinguished, and the sun is high enough in the sky to cast a shadow from the cross upon which the Messiah now hangs. Do you see them? They're all gathered, this perplexing ensemble, an odd mix of believers and skeptics, friend and foe, bystander and instigator. They're all here because of one person, him. The hyper-religious are present in mass, standing in the shadow of the cross. Filled with such hatred and their curses so pronounced, so laced with venom that their faces are bright red from the screaming of the past three hours. The veins in their neck are bulging. Spittle is running down their beards from rants of the purest outrage known to man. Malice brought on by a priesthood solely dedicated to its own existence rather than the worship of God for over 1,000 years. Yes, they are all there, standing in the shadow of the cross. How dare he correct us? Who is he to declare that he's God's messenger and we are mere impostors? Crucify him! What gives him the right to claim authority over us, the priests of Yahweh? Release Barabbas! We would rather have a murderer in our midst than this mongrel. Crucify him! Let his blood be on our heads and the heads of our children. What insolence that he would challenge our rules. We'll see if he's God's friend. Call on God and see if he saves you now. What's the matter, boy? No answer? We thought not. You're no messiah, no conquering king. You're nothing. Die now. You and your wretched blasphemies die with you. The spite-filled cries continue on through the morning, echoing all along that cursed hillside, now covered in the shadow of the cross. The skeptic is there as well, standing in the shadow of the cross. He saved others. Let him save himself if he's the Messiah. Come down from the cross. Prove to us that you're the king of the Jews and we will worship you. No statements of faith, these. Rather, of cold-hearted men whose interest in a savior goes only as far as it serves them. As recently as a few days ago, the one now slowly dying in front of them had overturned their trading tables. He had disrupted their income during the most profitable week of the year. Who is he calling for now? They ask in mock concern. Elijah? Good. Let's see if the ancient prophet appears. If he does, we will worship. The shadow of the cross is shorter now as the sun inches closer to its midday zenith. No help, huh? Just as we expected. He's nothing more than a deranged madman who's caused us more trouble than he's worth. Suddenly, the, the sun is blotted from the sky and darkness descends. A giant shadow cast from heaven acknowledges another group who, up until this moment, had also been standing in the shadow of the cross. They're a small group, no more than five or six, mostly women, all of them weeping quietly, afraid to call attention to themselves. But they are there, nonetheless, standing in the shadow of the cross. Only a handful of believers left from supporters who, only days before, numbered in the thousands. Among them his mother, a few other women who had cared for his needs, and his youngest disciple John, barely a man now, is crushed in grief as his hopes and dreams vanish before his eyes. 
They're close enough to reach out and touch the blood-stained wood. Each of them aches silently as they listen to this one they so dearly love, labor to catch even the smallest breath. They hear his mumblings, which can seem incoherent and at other times can be understood. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Father, where are you? Why have you turned your back on me in my hour of need? Each word, every labored breath, feels like a mortal wound to the souls of these remnant disciples standing in the shadow of the cross. The only one to speak in the last hour has been a fellow victim of Rome's hideous death contraption, a common thief who stole one too many times and is now paying the price for his crimes. He whispers a word of faith to the rejected rabbi. Remember me, please, when you come into your kingdom. His detractors smirk. How like a condemned fool to cry for help in desperation, but it will do him no good. He's pinning his hopes on a lost cause. A crucified rebel. Insanity. The response was all the more baffling. Pushing up on his spiked ankles, the itinerant preacher from Nazareth offers assurance through cracked, parched lips. Be assured, today you will be with me in paradise. A fool's hope the last gasps of a truly pathetic man. His enemies now begin to hope for the end. Let's get this over with already. Go ahead and die. It has been six hours that this crowd has watched the macabre execution unfold before their eyes. The shadow of the cross is gone. Only a blanket of darkness remains across the entire land. The silence is so oppressive. The shouts of ridicule have long since died away. The mockers still seethe with anger, but they have lost their zest for the taunt. His breath is getting shorter, if anyone cared to notice. Most of the crowd stands unspeaking, looking for the end, but knowing this kind of death could take days. They haven't observed him stirring one last time, preparing to offer a final statement. Had they looked closely, they would have not seen a death face. If they could have set their loathing aside for even a few seconds, they would have seen in his piercing eyes not the look of defeat, but something very different. The absolute assurance of victory. His shout came so suddenly out of the darkness, each one jumped, startled out of their personal thoughts, riveting their attention on the cross. His voice rang clear and true, his words unmistakable for all to hear. It is finished. Then he bowed his head, offered one last prayer. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he died. No cheer arose from the mob. No shouts of glee and backslapping congratulations. In fact, for a moment, the very earth shook under their feet. The cosmos convulsed as if to offer an exclamation point to the proceedings that had taken place on this tormented mount. Those who had spent the morning jeering their enemy 
simply bowed their heads and walked away. There was no pride in what happened here, no sense of accomplishment. In fact, some slapped their hands on their chests as if awakening from a trance. What have we done? They tried to assure themselves. It's all for the best. He was going to bring all of Rome down on us if we hadn't done something. It was a false hope, spoken by those who knew deep in their hearts they could not escape the shadow of the cross. They tried to shuffle away as quickly as possible without appearing guilty. One man stood behind as the sun broke through the carpet of darkness that had enveloped the hillside. The shadow of the cross now reappeared as the late afternoon sunlight bathed Calvary. He had stood here many times before, normally with one or two other men assigned to his detail, the death squad. However, this time it was different. No screaming curses from men trying to put up a good front as they experienced the horror of a crucifixion. No pleas for mercy asking to be put out of their misery. Instead, one man dying alone, and yet dying for all humanity. A small Jewish rabbi, bigger than life itself, his cross casting a shadow that would last into all eternity. He stood here now, the Roman centurion, and said to no one in particular, and yet to the entire world, Surely this was the Son of God.